Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Today on the show, we have with us Bart Gaiskes, who is, among other things, an agile coach. Hey, Bart, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am primarily a uh, software agile coach and uh, analyst. So I either work as a coach, scrum master, uh, or as functional analyst, because those are the two things I like doing the most. Um, and But it basically entails very short agile coaching is just guiding a team or an organization in what is agile, how to be agile and how not to be agile, because there are definitely some incorrect ways of thinking uh, agile. I have a very basic question for you, Bart. What is agile and what, what is Scrum? Yeah, so basically, and that's one of the more common problems currently in, in the software development landscape is, well, primarily everybody wants to be agile. And it's for me, it's not a question of wanting to be agile or not. It's not that agile is the, the only way to go forward. Um, secondly, there are a lot of practices that have the agile stamp on them without uh, having the agile mindset behind it. And I think that's basically what you're asking actually is what is agile? Uh, now, there's a very It's a very easy answer, but it's also it's a bit more complex, but I'll try to um, give you a shallow answer first. Basically, Agile is just a mindset behind a set of practices that we do in software development. Now, what's this mindset you're talking about? Well, basically, the Agile mindset is putting the customer uh, up front and center of your development organization. No, I'm saying development organization because Agile um, originally and for me it still is based on software development. So uh, especially on LinkedIn and stuff, you see people posting about Agile in a business context and not saying that doesn't work. I'm just saying you're using terms from a different from a different context. Now. I think I mentioned Agile being a mindset. What is a mindset? It's putting the customer at the center. There are usually three problems that occur when we put the customer in the center. Now, every business puts its customer in the center of its existence. That's, that's the whole point of being a business is selling stuff to your customer. So what is so special about Agile then? If any business puts its customer in the center, it's basically we make three big mistakes usually. We either don't know our customer's requirements, be it the customer, uh, his wishes change, they're dynamic, that happens. Um, if I want a car today, I might want a different car tomorrow. Second thing is we misunderstand, we misunderstand the, we, we misunderstood the requirements, being uh, I wanted a car, and you thought I wanted a bike. So when you deliver me a car, I'm not going to be as satisfied. And the third thing is the customer itself doesn't know its requirements. 
they don't know what they want. So those three things, even though any business puts its customer up front and in center, they still make one of those three mistakes. And even I do as an analyst, I usually talk to internal uh, clients from, from the business internally, and even I make one of those mistakes on a regular basis. It's just natural that as long as two people are talking to each other, one of them is going to misunderstand something. So um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a, Agile is not a foolproof way of, of we, we cannot perfect that issue. So basically, that's the Agile mindset is knowing or wanting to satisfy your customer, but also knowing that one of those three mistakes can happen. So the, the, at the core of Agile is basically um, iterations, iterative development, where we know, okay, we cannot uh, fix our customers' issues from the very first go. We want to do it in several, several iterations. Mm-hmm. And it's from those iterations that things like Scrum, uh, sprint retrospectives, etc., they come from. So what is the difference between Agile and Scrum? It's basically Agile is uh, the mindset and Scrum is a practice. So the, yeah. the Scrum so practice if I, evolves if from I may, the mindset. If I may draw an analogy, and uh, correct me if, if it's a very uh, bad mm-hmm. one, but let's say um, I'm a painter and I have a brush. So painting is like the, the activity and the brush is the tool. Therefore, Agile is the activity and Scrum is the tool that allows you to do uh, be Agile. But you could paint with other things. You don't need to particularly paint with a brush. You could pra- paint with your fingers. You could yeah, paint with cardboard. But it is a popular method of painting or a popular me- method for Agile in software is Scrum. Yeah, exactly. Very good analogy. Um, so the, the thing that happens or why is that so difficult to understand or why don't most people get that immediately? Um, it's basically because we focus more on the tool instead of on the mindset what we want to achieve. Another question I get a lot during trainings or during seminars is people not being surprised or not feeling like, hey, this is new information. They, they're already aware that the customer is the most important thing in the business or in any business. So they feel like at the, in the very first hour usually of a seminar, they feel like this is not anything new. But then I ask them, how far are, away are you from your customer? from your actual customer, because initially they always say, yeah, I have an analyst who gives me the requirements, or um, I have a business owner, product owner, I have a sales agent, but that's already two, three, four levels away from your actual customer. And then you see them thinking a bit like, there's, there's some truth in there, that for most people inside a business, we think we know our customer, but what we actually know is somebody who represents our customer and he, or she is then representing somebody else who is representing the customer. And Agile is basically a way of unfolding all those layers and trying to get to the, the essence of our customer. It's surprising, you know. Um, uh, it, it seems to be the, the age-old question of communication, understanding which problem we want to solve. Like there's somebody who comes to you like, I have a problem, I need you to solve it. And that we really, really need to understand the problem they want to solve. Um, it, you could say sometimes the customer themselves don't understand the problem they're trying to solve, but you can you can help them with that. But 
there is so much on that basic principle that uh, w where things go astray that uh, we we come up with um, um, systems to deal with that. Yep. No, it's mm, it's obvious that it's about communication because in the end we're just a bunch of people working together. So the only thing that we do almost every second is communicating with one another. So even something like Agile is all about communication and mutual understanding. So that's very correct what you're saying, but it doesn't make it easy. And like you said, we are we are trying all these different systems and it sometimes almost feels like we do this so that we don't have to communicate with one another. And I think there's some truth in there because most software engineers are very smart people but they also like to work on problems on their own. I think that's a very common thing you see along across uh, software companies. Um, and sometimes it feels that developers try to also put up systems themselves just not to, just so they don't have to talk to one another. Yeah, let's write um, the full documentation for this API so people can read it instead of come talk to me. Um, of course, they do that to counter the fact that they get overwhelmed with questions and stuff. But the fact that people are almost scared to engage with one another uh, doesn't help the the goal of a of a company being satisfying the customer. So, oh, sorry, what? go ahead, Matt. No, I, I, well, go ahead, finish, finish, please. Oh, sorry, okay. I thought nope. you. Were and then basically, the last thing that I wanted to mention there is um, the organization itself. Usually and it's a fun phenomenon, is in a startup or in a small company, you don't really see agile coaches or the need for agile coaches. And it's usually because they're so small, they don't have many organizational layers. And for me, when a company wants an agile coach, it almost feel, feels like they want somebody to pierce through the layers, to ease the communication between all these layers. So what they actually want is just somebody who is reforming the structure of the organization instead of actual agile coaching. Because pure agile coaching doesn't have to take long. I think the best results that I had with teams was in a three month time span, where at the end of those three months, I, didn't, I literally didn't have anything else to add to the team. So the longer for me that in, in the past, when I had projects that took longer, I always felt like I'm more fighting with the organization to get to change than to get the actual people to change. Because the mindset change can happen really quickly. But it's just uh, the, the vastness sometimes of some organizations that take some time for, all the, for, all, for the mindset to seep through. Well, I, I wanted to kind of, um, something that you mentioned, you kind of uh, covered it, but I want to challenge you more on that one. I kind of answered it. Um, so in, in politics, for example, we have um, representatives and, and the, the claim some people would tell you, I would tell you also like, oh, look, we have good communication or good, good way to, we're connected now more um, where everybody can decide on any issue immediately. You meaning ask the, all the population, ask everyone for any issue and let them answer. Uh, this one you have 100% democracy uh, everybody's voting then uh, but they would the claim is like well people are not aware are not expert are not aware of 
all the the situations to be able to cast their own vote so they have someone who kind of represents them uh, he, he does the homework of learning about stuff and, and represents them best now if i take the same approach could we say and that goes for the customer mainly but okay it could go for for even the, the management could, could it be that the customer is that we're going to put in the center and focus they are not to um yeah. they're not qualified even to be a customer <laughs> because now that you put them in a, in a place where they are close to you very close to you in your development cycle uh, or in the whole process anyway and they're making some shots that uh, could hurt could that hurt for example the, yeah. the progress when back in the day we know like yeah you have a few people that know how to deal with the customer they gather all the requirements and they say okay see you in uh, three months it's basically and, and it's the same mindset yeah. that that we have for to solve our customers issues those things we also kind of need in the customer himself or herself being our customer can either be another company who then sells stuff to an actual consumer or our customer can be an actual consumer in the first case we're just going to have uh, the, the number of customers is feasible it's it's sizable it's maybe five ten twenty different customers but if you have a product like uh, facebook with millions and billions of customers um, then you cannot expect that every customer has the same mindset. What I'm trying to say is basically, but this is something that you have to look for in your own context, in your own company. But basically, if you want to involve your customer in your development process, then the customer also needs to understand this is going in, in iterations. And the version I'm seeing now will be different than the version I will be seeing next month. But even companies like Facebook, they have those types of customers. If they, a lot of their, or maybe now it's Instagram and TikTok, a lot of their users are, are of a fairly young age and they are already adept to knowing, okay, the, the version of the app I'm using right now can change and maybe tomorrow it looks differently. So they are more opening to change than uh, other types of customers. And if you have a customer base who is a bit older, who is not really, what they say, born digital or so, or something, those types of customers will not be so satisfied if you change your software every week. So that's a bit of a different in context where is the customer I ha I'm having, is it useful to involve him as closely in my development cycle as not? That's something you have to, you have to determine, everybody has to determine for his own. But there is definitely some mindset change that's that or some mindset that is also required to have your customers so closely uh, with you and for instance if you're more into um into highly um let's say medicare um sorry um not coming up with the word if you're in the health industry then your requirements for the customer are also about safety so you can't really expect the customer to try out new things all the time because you want to have keep a certain level of control of safety for that customer um, but that's also one of one of sometimes an issue with companies that tell me we want to be agile we want to involve that customer but when you see that that customer is not used to working in that way so it, if you involve him too soon, too early, if he doesn't have the right mindset, then that might be not um, beneficial for the for the relationship. 
for the relationship. Can I can I pick up on on uh, Matt's question as well? Is um, <coughs> so when we put the customer at the center of our attention and we listen to them and uh, we we take their feedback into account, we're building what they want, but are we building what they need? Should we? Like, is, how does Agile look at your customer saying, "I want this"? And the whole engineering team going, oh, <laughs> let's not do that. So is, is that part of Agile? Or? So that's actually one of the three problems that we want to solve through or, or that we keep in the back of our heads that the customer doesn't know his own wishes. Um, there's an example. I won't name any names, um, but a company that was building an internal web shop just to, to procure uh, goods. And the team even started to, on demand of the customer, started to make a 3D model of all the products that they could buy, which had nothing to do with the fact that it, it was just an internal procurement tool. So that kind of drifted off. The thing is, um, that depends on, that it's one of the things that, that the customer says he wants without actually needing it. And those things are also um, some agile practices exist to try to, uh, prevent that from happening so absolutely that's something that happens but we know we want to involve the customer very closely in our development cycle so we also need to be aware of the fact that they may want to they, they may ask things that they maybe don't need now where do you draw the line when you say no that depends on again communicating with your customer and actually knowing why he wants it but not just asking why but asking why five times in a row for instance that's could we could we say for example you know you said agile is for for software companies not for uh, you know producing like industry but uh, please forgive me for for asking this question could we say that somebody like Steve Jobs was like very anti agile but still created successful products because he's like uh, I don't care what the end user wants uh, because they don't know what they want I'm gonna give them and then they're gonna realize what they want which is uh, different approach. You don't ask them what they want. Yep. I think this is what you're gonna. Is, is that um, well? Without, it's probably not so. Um, I form this. So I in the in the, in the in the early beginnings of my career, I worked in in San Francisco, and what I was amazed there is that even the, the large companies they all work with focus groups, being they hire usually a consultancy firm and they then go out ask a bunch of people from different age, age uh, sections they ask them a bunch of questions how do you feel about a rectangular phone how do you feel about a circular phone just some some crude examples so even though the apple might claim or might give off the impression that we don't care about our customers we offer a product and they will they will buy it Actually, I still care about our customers because I know if we have a product that nobody wants, we won't be around for long. So they might not be as visible about it, but even uh, a, a big company like Apple tries to get a sense of what is what is it the, that the market wants. Okay, fair point. Okay, let me rephrase that question then. Um, do you believe that it is possible to do things without uh, asking the customer anything uh, you know like vaguely asking the customer what they want and still be successful or is that just like an 
oxymoron like those no. are uh, mutually exclusive it's perfectly possible but uh, i can play the lottery and still win and i can i could claim <laughs> that, it, that i was smart about and then that i put in the correct numbers at the correct time you could boast about that but it doesn't make it that it's actually true so i can come up with a product that everybody wants without doing zero market research without asking a single person and then it's that sheer luck um because at the end somebody has to pay for your product so you and either it's a gamble you just invent something out of thin air and it happens to be a success or you put in some research try to pin down an industry or a certain product and see if i can make an improvement there but agile no, for me enough, yeah. agile for me it's not about usually inventing stuff it's about having an idea and then improving on that idea and for agile at least the idea or the product is software the mindset behind maybe we need to work in iterations that it's not exclusive to agile and um that's sometimes in, in, in for me it's not really a frustration point but something that i find is is deteriorating the the software development environment is that agile also wants to or needs to be outside of software development and the practices that we do they still might work but it's always a bit different for instance if you say let's do um or there was this term i came across was the agile c-suite like the, the all the c-level people need to be agile as well but four out of five c people are not in the software development environment so why do you need do they need to be agile they might want to have the same mindset but it's different from agile but um coming back to one of the things you said like um when i go and explain what uh, agile is to to people it's uh, they, they they quickly get it because at its core it's simple and they're not really overwhelmed they're not like, oh you're you just explain to us the, the the secret of the life and universe and everything in it no these are basic stuff like if you use a little bit of common sense you're going to come to the same conclusion and a lot of times i think you'll find that uh in the engineering team people say oh yeah we, we should be agile but then you you say you look at the organization the organization isn't really open to change so isn't that in uh, you know because the the sea levels aren't uh agile or is this am i mixing up two things here no, i think actually most c people or salespeople, people from the business are usually more agile than you think they are um in the sense that they're all customer focused but i think they're less aware of the issues that sometimes there are things you don't know you don't know you know so it, the, the three issues I mentioned earlier, like we either misunderstand the customer, we miss uh, the, the customer's uh, wishes change, or uh, the customer doesn't know what he wants himself. Those three things, even they are not aware that they don't know those things. And that helps them sometimes in making sure that the way we do this is so that we can avoid those mistakes. However, most like hardcore finance people, they're really trained in like the classic production systems. You have X input, you need to have X output, you can plan everything accordingly. They, st they also believe that that applies to software development. And most developers understand that that doesn't work because we are 
usually a big part of, of developing software is first learning how the system works, then learning what the requirement, requirement is, and then putting those two together. But up front, you have to learn two things usually. What is the current way of working? And what is the requirement? And it's really difficult to estimate a learning, um, a learning job. If I ask you, here's a book, can you learn this in two days? You have no clue if that's possible or not. And that makes it difficult, or the fact that software works like that, makes it difficult for the more business stakeholders to have a grip of why is it so difficult to just estimate something, write it once, and then deliver it to the customer. So that's also a part of Agile, is why we want those iterations, um, because we want to minimize the amount of research that we have to do upfront because you want to avoid spending three months in analysis and delivering something to the customer you didn't want. So it's, it's better to deliver something after one month, checking with the customer, is it what you want? And then on that feedback, making changes. So coming so back- So maybe this is a good, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, so maybe this is a good uh, part to ask the following question. Let's say um, you live in a world where um, agile software practices don't exist. Um, what was the problem then? Why did people feel, you know, you said there's there's three issues, you know, all based around communication with the customer. Um, we don't understand what the customer wants, the, the the requirements of the customer change, or the customer doesn't really understand, like haven't mm -hmm. discovered what they really want. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, I'm not talking about that, uh, solving those issues, but there is no Agile. Agile doesn't exist. You, you started creating software, which problems arise in practice yeah what are we seeing when we look on the ground um uh, yeah. but even what is burning even agile companies um still or agile software environments still make those mistakes today so the issues that you see in your current job today were no different than the issues that people in the 60s or 70s saw when they were writing software with the exemption that the, the topics that we were working on back then were very different than we are working on right now or commonly more more different they were um, like things like the the space programs aviation those sort of military um, implementations over the very first software driven projects and those required or the profile of a, of a software engineer was way more on the engineering side on the pure engineering side. So they naturally used all the project management tools from classic engineering. And those problems then became even even bigger if you if you miss a deadline. If you miss the deadline because you had to an analyze something one year in advance versus now, I think nobody analyzes something one year in advance. The thing is, it's because of those problems that Agile started to develop because they saw, okay, we're spending too much time thinking about what our customer wants in, instead of checking with the customer itself, what do you want? So the nature of the project was typically different uh, 50, 60 years ago, but also uh, the, the those very early problems were the soil for what we now call call agile is understanding that hey within a within a software development environment we have the same issue but we are very we, we can fix it faster 
if I'm building a bridge and I see that my bridge, let's see, I start from both sides of a of a river and I'm building the bridge closer and closer together, they also see like, oh, we're, we're not aligned. We need to move half a centimeter to the left or to the right. That's the same thing we're doing now. We're just uh, iteratively checking, are we still on the correct course? Just the course now is what does the customer want? And back then the course was already fixed, meaning let's connect the bridge. And what type of problems uh, would you have on the end? Okay, now you described the, uh you describe the, uh, the the situation as it is, but let's say you have two identical companies, but one of them works agile iteratively. They talk to the customer, they put out a product. How is the product that they put out different than what the, the non-agile company, you know, who mm-hmm. sits down, talks to the customer, gathers the requirements, and then doesn't talk to the customer for a whole year and then delivers, mm-hmm. you know, only once. It's like, here's yep. my big delivery. I, what is the difference? I think the... F- the f- I think the first thing that's, well, I'm, I'm not sorry I still this, but I think the first thing would be the agile uh, approach would um, would minimize on um, on the on not meeting the customer's expectations. So uh, someone who waits one year before they receive the customer again. Uh, have more chance to deliver something that the customer will not be happy with than someone who kept the customer uh, seeing the customer every two weeks or you know even if it's every month yep. I think that's the first you know even if we don't talk about deadlines and things like that that would be probably def- in my opinion but I'll let you borrow no, uh, uh, that's absolutely correct that. uh, that's basically that's the whole thing that we want to avoid with agile is misunderstanding the customer and in the end, it's it's the, the provider who misunderstood because even if the customer didn't know what you really wanted, it's still our issue because we delivered the, f- the wrong thing. Um, and maybe to clarify my, my previous sentence a bit more, there's no clear, it's not 100% that Agile is always the best option, depending on uh, the context you're working in, the type of projects you're working on. And then again, healthcare and stuff, those are a bit different, a bit more... Um, there are a bit more hard requirements around safety that we need to meet. So if I do a project and I just see my customer once and then it takes a whole year in- until I see him again, it's not really a given that an agile approach will work better where you see your customer five times again. It depends on, again, on the context of your comp- of, the, of, the, of the project where it's happening. Um, but typically, why do we want to work in an agile way is just to improve the customer satisfaction and actually if you look up the agile manifesto the first thing that you see there is um, we're uncovering new ways of um, developing software and if you look at the agile principles page the first thing that is said there is that we want to satisfy the customer so Mm -hmm. That's our concern, basically. How do I make sure that I want what my customer asks? But if my customer wants a bridge bridge from A to B, then that requirement itself is pretty clear. So I don't have to show him five times a week, okay, we've made two centimeter progress. So um, that's basically the Mm -hmm. dependency on the the type of project. Now, knowing or wanting to deliver what the customer wants is also something that people were aware about 60 years ago. 
the development practices we have now allow us to work in a more iterative way. Do you think? Well, Errol, oh, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I want to get back to the example she brought up with uh, with Steve Jobs, right? Um, and I think I think Agile does not escape that scenario. Actually, you just have to look at Steve Jobs as being the customer because he he was the customer at that point, although he was still selling, but he didn't. He represented the customer. Mm -hmm. Because he thought, well, he knows he knows better what the customer wants. So he was actually the customer. And I think from the product that Apple releases, we, we know that I'm sure they're doing some sort of agile because their first release is always uh, not all that. Mm -hmm. And the second iteration becomes uh, already a big yep. improvement. And it's, it's it shows even in, their, in the hardware too. And he was also even big um, on satisfying the customer and they focus on customer experience a lot if you buy it's one of the most nicest experience of buying hardware is going to the apple store and so like matt says he represents the customer but he also cared about the customer's user experience very deeply and that's also one of the agile things is i want to satisfy you as a customer but for some customers they don't care about ui but most consumers do so it's natural that you then start focusing on the ui aspect more other companies yeah. focus more on customers who don't want to pay a lot for their devices. So then you try to shave off a lot of the, the unnecessary costs that in your device. So both both examples can be an, an can have an agile mindset, let's say. But for me, agile always ties back to just pure software development. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to uh, come back to the uh, question of a uh, company that is um, that has decided to be agile, but they are having struggle changing as an organization. See, but my f if I what can if I can interrupt you there already. Let's say you have a company, and let's say you 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 state the words "I want to be agile." My first question is always, "Why? Why do you want to be agile?" Um, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to pretend to be the company, okay? You, you can mm -hmm. um, correct me then. Well, uh, we're a software company and we see that uh, we have unsatisfied customers. The end users are, uh, are not happy. We're getting bad ratings, a lot of complaints. Yeah, so the thing is, what most People say when I ask you that question, why do you, do you want to be agile? It's mostly because they feel like we need to reinvent ourselves. So you already put the customer in place in the beginning. And I think I doubt most companies that experience, oh, our customer is not satisfied with our, with our product, will say, let's be agile. Because if they already make the connection between being agile and achieving customer satisfaction, they probably can derive all the practices already from their own. So it actually but how would they, how would a company then uh, come to an agile coach if they don't yeah. even understand like but the people I'm not aware of my like I'm not aware yeah. of my problem but agile how, how I go to agile didn't exist or at least it, it wasn't as formally defined as it is today so it, it also happened because some people started uncovering new ways like written in a manifesto so it's not that nobody needs an agile coach in their company and I'm probably killing my own business now. The thing is, 
you need an agile coach if you really have no clue what the agile practices are and to have somebody guide you through that practices or you feel like i know what agile is i know what we need to do but i can't do it on my own so then you can hire on, uh, more expertise but uh, the thing is if you already know the benefits of agile if you already can make a connection between improving customer satisfaction and agile practices then you're all capable enough of implementing them yourselves because you know already the importance of laser focusing on your customer. So what most fair enough. Most okay, companies who ask, the question. Yeah. most yeah. companies who ask, I want to be agile. They're not bad companies by any means, but the, the reason why they want to be agile usually leads to me knowing they don't really know what agile is. And so the first step is then let them make sure what agile is. And if they're really open to changing their their view on how they on what their customer is all the other things almost come naturally and other things i mean like okay do we do scrum or kanban or whatever but the the main point is getting that mindset there and that's one of the the most difficult parts of my job currently is everybody knows agile everybody does agile and still they get no results so agile is getting a bad name but what is it uh, what is it uh, at the core of the problem is basically not truly understanding what agile is so what do people um, i was going to ask you a different question but i, I think this was more in interesting you say people uh, think they're doing agile or doing agile in such a way that they you, they don't get the results out of it what are they doing wrong yeah so most companies that utilize agile methods they just do the practices without a mindset without knowing why do we do this and i i think 80 90 percent of companies that output software do so in sprints but why do they do that in sprints what what happens at the end of a sprint <laughs> how many times at the end of the sprint did they actually show usable software to a customer and the thing is everybody does two week sprints but why does it need to be two weeks and so you actually create additional problems for instance, and a lot of those times you see it with stories and story points. It's a lot of problems that are being additionally created. And the thing is, why do they do it? It's a bit like um, it's a bit like when you're a teenager and all your friends are having sex, and everybody's talking to one another, and you're sitting there like, "Oh, I'm I'm not doing that. Maybe I should try to try to do that as well." And then you try to achieve having sex, let's say. Now you see other companies or organizations achieve being agile just because they hear it everywhere. And then they say, oh, so if you, if you need to be agile, you need to do two week sprints. Okay, let's go for the two week sprints. And then what do we do at the two weeks? At the end of the two weeks, oh yeah, let's show it to the customer. Well, we don't have a customer, but uh, let's just say that you need to do all the tickets in the sprint and then the sprint is finished and then we have a, a good report. And that's usually the, the issue is it's so focused on the practices without having the mindset in place and that's can you be can you be an agile well, company oh go ahead matt yeah i want to challenge this mm -hmm. a bit huh? um uh, i'll put it this way um well i'm not condoning you know <laughs> people to go have sex um uh i'm not sending people to uh, you know oh, i'll give the example uh so we spoke about apple 
Uh, it seems like I talk too much about Apple, but just because they, they come up in technology. Um, so you look at the Apple, you mentioned Apple stores and they, the, you know, how Steve Jobs kind of cares for the customers. And when you go to shop, for example, you have a good experience and the whole presentations, a good presentation and all. And you find, for example, um, Xiaomi, the Chinese company, um, they, they opened up, also they opened their stores. Well, you know what they did? They simply have... Uh, they, they copied exactly how the the Apple store looks like down to the distance between two phones being displayed the colors inside everything and uh, there's other examples right the, the, the another one would be a good example would be the, the back then it was the largest growing um, fast food chain in the States uh, Wendy's that's the name and again, what they've done is like wherever there was a McDonald's, they went to that same corner, they got real estate and they opened the shop, a store, selling, you know, hamburgers. Um, and the, the concept here or the idea behind this is let someone else do the homework and I will simply do the same thing. I may not know why in some cases, but I would be able to get the benefits. It may not be 100% of the benefits, but it could help me. For example, I'll give another example. I for example, I do I fast, right? I do fasting, right? Um, I do it for, for example, I do it for religious reasons, right? There is some benefits to it, the, the health benefits. I'm getting those, even if my intention was different, right? Someone else could have simply the one intention or the other. So I think, I think practices sometimes um, do give you some of the benefits. They may not give you 100%. In some cases, they might hurt you, right? Uh, in a few points, but you would get the benefits, I think, yep. in general. If if the if an industry kind of found that the average sprint sprint length would be two weeks, for whatever reason that might be, I'm not saying that it would work for everyone. But if you are gonna do zero homework to see why, then go for yep. two weeks. There's this thing about that happens in music where. You, you have the, the music theory, which outlines these are the rules. If you want to play a song, your song needs to follow these rules. But there's also this thing where you can just, it's music, you know, I can play an instrument any way I like, so I can go step outside of those rules. The thing is, you usually start stepping outside of the rules once you've mastered everything that is inside of the rules. And if you copy another company, or if you say let's let's just do two week sprints without knowing what is the what is the mindset behind the sprint it's it's a bit of the same essence there where you can it's it's okay to say let's do a two week sprint um because why should we do it why should we do it a three week sprint for instance but it's most importantly is understanding you do the two weeks because after the two weeks you want to get uh, back with your customer if you take longer than two weeks it might take too long to get valuable feedback and implement that feedback so that's for some companies the two weeks started to be to be a good a good uh, ratio between developing something and getting the feedback but i I dare to bet that for most companies, even three or four week sprints would also be fine without any noticeable results. So I, may first, I may I also yeah just to finish my sentence, to, to, I want yeah. to say first master the mindset and know that okay we need to get that feedback from the customer. 
And then when you, when you really feel like we know when we want to get that feedback, then you can define your sprint length. I, I want to um, uh, sort of bring together what, what the two of you are saying. And um, my statement would be, it's okay to copy, but if you're not going to understand the mindset, you're never going to lead. You're always going to be copying and not really understanding where you're going. You're just following, okay? So in the beginning, you're like, oh, I have a distance to catch up. I'll copy, but I need to also think of why they are doing it. Just blindly copying will not make you as successful. Like uh, you yeah, well, give the Xiaomi as, as an example. You'll never become as, a, as, as successful as Apple simply by copying them. But, but if you understand the mindset, you can break the rules yeah. and therefore But maybe the thing leading. is, what is in your case, what is successful? Because um, you can copy, let's say, Apple and still be successful just depends on what is your goal if your goal is to make money um, and maybe even companies can make more money than apple because they just sell more volume and with lower margins they can be perfectly successful so uh, the thing is i think they can be even more successful if they would then also try to be be more creative on their own doesn't have you don't have to be an apple uh, or you don't have to be you don't have to be you don't have to sell innovation but you can sell stuff in a different manner and it's difficult to come up with, a, with an example off the bat uh, because we're a bit specific here but but look, maybe if you're in the if it's in the core of what you're doing okay let's say i'm going to uh, paint my house i'm not a painter i don't do this for a living I don't really care about it that much. I'm not gonna sit down and read five books on the theory of painting, which paints to use on which surfaces. I'm just gonna go to the hardware store. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna paint my uh, interior wall. Um, it's currently this color. Um, and I think uh, it's uh, this type of material. And they're just gonna give me something and they're gonna yep. say, do it like this. I'm not gonna question it because in a way, I don't really care that much. But, but if it is the core, like if I'm a painter, like if this is my job, and I don't know why I paint with this type of paint on this type of surface with this type of tools and I'm just doing what other people are doing. I can guarantee you, you'll make money. But if success is simply making money for you, okay, you'll do that. But you'll never be the the master of your craft. And the thing is, if if you're a paint, if you're going to paint your own house, your own customer and supplier. So mostly you're aware of what you want. But if you hire then a painter who is a master of his craft, and you say just give me a white color because i don't really care about the color then maybe the painter can say yeah but have you tried broken white or have you tried this and then you see things like oh i didn't know that this is actually nicer than i initially thought on the same hand you can have a painter who just paints the color you want and you're also satisfied but i bet in the second case you're you have a more satisfied feeling in the first case, in the case where the painter paints your house white, you're satisfied because you have what you want. In the second case, where you suggest a new color, you're even more satisfied because then you realize, okay, my own idea wasn't as good enough. The thing is, well, um, there, there's there's a company for everyone out there. There's a product for everyone out there, and um, there's again, there's not a good or a bad way. The thing is, if you really want to, if your goal is to really satisfy your customer and through that satisfaction gain your revenue then it's just really important to get to know your customer if your goal is just to get revenue and serve customers who don't want to pay extra for instance then it's also perfectly fine to just paint the house white and get the money from the customer who just wanted the white house 
Well, the point I was trying to make was, is, you know, if you're a company, like your, your core business is selling shoes and there's like this little department that, that does a web shop. Yeah, you're agile or not, like, okay, it doesn't really matter that in theory, might not matter that much. But if you're a software company and you're just doing like the formalities, like we're doing two weeks because it's two weeks, then that might be a, a bigger, like a philosophical problem within the company. Like, okay, this is like the, your core business. You're a painter. You should know how to damn well paint a wall. Um, like it's it's your yep. metier. Like you should take pride in your craft and, and learn it. Yeah, but the thing is, learning your craft also takes time and money. So, which will lead to your your end product being more expensive, and some customers just want the cheapest product available. And for them, they find value in having a cheap product. So but then you you could you could say that okay, you th things take time to learn, and if you're a starting painter. You could start off by just imitating what other people yeah, are doing without... Maybe what I'm saying is not every painter what? needs to become a Picasso or needs to become uh, okay. the, the most knowledgeable yeah. painters. It's also yeah. perfectly fine to just cater for the ver the people who want to have cheap paints. Because the, yeah. for them, the, the well, savings is also is, is also value. So it's perfectly fine to say, I'm, go I'm going for the customers who want to pay more, but to have a better end product. Or you could say, I want to focus on the people who don't want to pay a lot of money for their paint. But are you trying to, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not trying to say that an agile company is more expensive <laughs> than, a, than a non agile no, company. No, I'm, I'm saying an, an agile company can be both a company who wants, to, who wants to have the best product for the customer, but an agile company can also be a company who just wants to deliver the cheapest product because agile, like we said in the beginning, just focuses on the customer. And if you have a customer who doesn't want to pay a lot of money, then you can make sure that your product is as uh, bare boned as possible. And that's also an agile approach. Okay, when I talked well, about uh, the, the, the technique of painting, sorry, Matt, I'll just stop after this and I'll, I'll let you go. When I talk about the techniques okay. of painting, what I meant was well, the painting technique there is uh, the agile methodology. Okay, that was in my mind, but never mind. Uh, some very good points I met. Sorry, go ahead. Well, well yeah, well, on the on the on the paint, you know, I, I cannot let this go without, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. The, uh, so uh, if we go to the Karate Kid, right? So wax on, wax off, right? The dude has no idea what he's doing, right? He simply says, okay, yeah, so, okay, the guy, he knows better, he tells me, okay, do this, and he's just doing it. He's even against it at some point, right? At the end, you know, so that's your start, right? Because you have a deadline. You need to, you know, you see, you heard enough experts say, that's, those are good practices, do it. But you have no idea why. Now, you could learn at the end. At the end, you're like, well, look, when you were doing the wax on, wax off, this one meant doing this, and this one meant doing that. And that's when you make that click. Now, so that's my approach. I'm, again, I'm not saying someone should simply copy the two weeks or anything else in Agile. But what I'm saying is, like, if you're not going to do anything, it's better to stay in your old-fashioned way that's not being productive for you. Yep. The minimum you would do is simply copy. The thing is that it's it's now if you do the best is understand what you're doing and and really implement it tailored to what to your needs. The thing is copying is is usually, yeah. and and actually the wax on wax off thing is a very good example because uh, we utilize it in trainings as well, or when or when we're coaching we usually say let's do this for two weeks and afterwards I will explain why that worked so well. The thing is that's for companies that feel like that hire agile consultants or agile uh, coaches without actually knowing the agile mindset and then we have to get that mindset in some way or another the thing is 
um, I think two, three years ago, the, the, the Spotify model was very, very popular. It's, it's still popular, but it's that there was this period where everybody wanted to have the Spotify model. The thing is... Because they had a nice presentation. Yeah, but the thing is, Spotify themselves didn't... They, they invented the model. They didn't just grab it out of the air and said, oh, this, it's a Spotify model. Shall it be for us? So they invented the that way of working and they they're still improving on that way of working but it all starts from that mindset so if you just look at your own company and you know what you want to achieve being we want to satisfy the customer better just start thinking about how can we do that and that is for me more valuable than okay let's just start doing sprints and that mindset itself is not that difficult and some people are really in, in, entrenched in, in old ways of thinking and for them it's, sometimes it's you really need to put things in practice first but i think a lot of companies you just need to have a chat with the manager and, and force him to come up with his own ways of imp improving instead of just copying it and i think that's okay that's the that's the point of copying is, is there's nothing wrong with copying but it's not so difficult to just do the work yourself and try to come up with new ways yeah. okay i'm sorry we're gonna have to wrap up i just have a yes no question for you bart mm -hmm. make it very difficult for you can you be an agile company without putting the customer center no okay maybe this is a nice topic we <laughs> can have on another episode um but i think it's also a very fundamental question so um bart uh thank you for being with us uh, where can people reach you? Uh, LinkedIn, basically. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not so much into spreading my own word. Uh, I love just working inside a company and getting to know people there and try to promote myself through word of mouth. So uh, if anybody okay. listening here wants to get in touch with me, just find me on LinkedIn. Okay. What we're what we'll do uh, uh, is um, there's also a LinkedIn page for the lazy people. Um, if you follow us there, we'll post this episode there as well and we'll tag Bart so you can reach him from there. Uh, Med, where can people reach you? Medmed.com. Uh, M-E-D, M-E-D, M-A-D, M-E-D.com. Uh, Correct. You can find me at Baikal, B-A-Y-K-L dot B-E. Uh, it was really nice having you here, Bart. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Thank you guys. Bye-bye.